to uh, cover the spread. Okay. <laughs> That'll do it for us here. For Jordan, Ryan, Kev, I'm Cootie. Saying good night and go blue. Go blue. Go blue. You are listening to Sports on WCBN FM Ann Arbor, where Red Berenson knows that the bar is pretty high. box a box of chocolates would I know to stay away what said hand off his box a box of chocolates would I eat them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you babe that means I have half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. This is Mike. Hi. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. And waiter, there's culture in my food. And there's culture in your gift box, too, because, well, it's that time already. It's right now. It's time for gift ideas. And it's time for bacon. And this will make sense in a moment. But first, uh, this message. Suddenly it's Christmas right after Halloween. Forget about Thanksgiving, it's just a buffet in between. There's lights and tinsel in the windows, they're stocking up the shelves. Santa's slaving at the North Pole in his sweatshop full of elves. There's got to be a build-up till the day that Christ was born. The halls are decked with pumpkins and ears of Indian corn. Dragging through the falling leaves in a one-horse open sleigh. Suddenly it's Christmas, seven weeks before the day. Suddenly it's Christmas, the longest holiday. When they say season's greetings, they mean just what they say. It's a season, it's a marathon, retail eternity. And it's not over till it's over and you throw away the tree. Outside it's positively Balmy in the air, nary a nip. Suddenly it's Christmas, unbutton and unzip. Yes, they're working overtime, Santa's little runts. Christmas comes but once a year and goes on for two months. Christmas carols in December and November too. It's no wonder we're depressed when the whole thing is through. Finally, it's January, let's sing old Lang Syne. But here comes another heartache, shaped like a valentine. Suddenly it's Christmas, the longest holiday. The season is upon us, a pox that won't go away. It's a season, it's a marathon, retail eternity. And it's not over till it's over and you throw away the tree. No, it's not over till it's over and you throw away the tree. It's still not over till it's over and you throw away the tree. Thank you, Loudon Wainwright III. Thank you for that wonderful holiday cheer. It is, in fact, the special holiday called November 11th, I think. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and 
gift ideas. This is very important, but also a great gift has come to us because this from the Associated Press. According to the Associated Press, which is the Associated Press, liquor sales will soon be allowed on Sunday mornings in Michigan because of a compromise between state lawmakers and Governor Granholm. Yesterday, the state Senate approved a bill that would allow Sunday sales to begin at 7 a.m. for retailers paying an extra $160 annual fee. The state House later approved the bill, and Governor Granholm says she supports it, so she's expected to sign it. Current law bans liquor sales from 2 a.m. to noon on Sundays. Granholm vetoed a similar bill earlier this year, because it would have allowed other changes to state liquor policies that could have resulted in court challenges. Michigan lost a challenge before when it tried to limit alcoholic beverage sales by out-of-state businesses. So liquor sales on Sunday morning. And what will happen to Michigan when that happens? We're going to examine that at some point today. Maybe even, I know, right now. Here's an article. This is There was a great article in Michigan Today. That's the publication Michigan Today by Alan Glenn. It's about the time the Doors played the U of M homecoming in 1967. They were scheduled to play at the intramural sports building, in fact, the Doors. Imagine that, here in Ann Arbor. Glenn says the U.M. homecoming in those days used to have pep rallies, tug-of-wars, chariot races, bed races, elephant races with real elephants, skydivers, go-go girls, the mud bowl, well, we've got the mud bowl, and a grand parade through the streets of Ann Arbor. So before the show, the keyboardist Ray Manzarek says most of the band wanted to go for ice cream, but Jim Morrison said, ice cream is for babies, I want whiskey. Okay. That's, that sounds uh, auspicious. Manzarek said by the time they reached Ann Arbor, member, he remembers the singer was as drunk as a skunk. He was missing all the cues and at some point started berating the audience. I'm thinking, Jim, do not anger these guys. These are football players. Look at the thickness of their necks. But he just kept going on and on. He was dropping the F-bomb and then started throwing things at the crowd. Well, a riot was averted, and apparently the doors came back much later after most people were gone and did a really amazing show. But uh, also, in addition to that, there was a fellow in the audience, let's see, from Michigan, in fact, living in Ann Arbor in the 60s, inspired by a guy on stage who was berating the audience, throwing things at them, ranting. Who could that be from Michigan, from Ann Arbor? I can't imagine who was inspired by that. James somebody? I'm not sure. Well, anyway, that article, as I said, It's a great article in Michigan Today by Alan Glenn. And, you know, what could happen if we all drink alcohol on Sunday mornings? Perhaps we will end up like this, this fellow here from the Clovers. Let's just find that out, shall we? I was feeling mighty fine 
Okay, this is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and it looks as if we will have a hard time finding out what happened to that poor fellow because the CD player is drunk. And you know what else? There is a Christmas tree in the studio at WCBN. Hi, Alex. Alex, our former engineer, has brought a lovely Christmas tree. We're going to get the Christmas tree on the air, talking to us about its feelings in just a moment here. But, geez, sorry about that. I kind of blew it with the Clover song. That was the Clovers, and the song was called Crawlin'. And he was talking about Sneaky Pete. And let's just say he was crawling, not ballin'. Sneaky Pete, by the way, is cheap alcohol or alcohol made at home that may not be up to the standards of, say, Esprit de Vat, which we'll, we'll actually be hearing something about in just a moment. And also something of interest here, we, we have some news from San Francisco. From San Francisco, meanwhile, while Michigan is in fact banning, no, Michigan is reversing a ban on liquor, San Francisco is banning Happy Meals from the Associated Press here. San Francisco has become the first major American city to prohibit fast food restaurants from including toys with children's meals that do not meet nutritional guidelines. A city's board of supervisors gave the measure final approval Tuesday on an 8-3 to vote. That's enough votes to survive a planned veto by Mayor Gavin Newsom. The ordinance would go into effect in December of next year, just in time for gift season. It prohibits toy giveaways in fast food children's meals that have more than 640 milligrams of sodium, 600 calories, or 35% of their calories from fat. The law would also limit saturated fats and trans fats and require fruits or vegetables to be served with each meal with a toy. The mayor issued a statement after Tuesday's vote saying the city must continue to combat childhood obesity, but the ordinance takes the wrong approach. He said parents... Not politicians should decide what their children eat, especially when it comes to spending their own money. So, a happy meal ban in San Francisco. Happiness on Sunday morning for some people who find that perhaps wine on a Sunday morning is a happy meal. We do allow all points of view on Pandora's lunchbox. Now, getting back to elephants and and drinking, where, where are we going with that? Because... At the U of M homecoming, as I mentioned earlier, they used to have real elephant rides with elephants. Well, what about a song that has to do with elephants? Well, we have found one of those songs about not just elements, but in elements, but in fact, you know, elements. We're going to get to that in a second too. Chewing gum and the elements. But first of all, elephants and Esprit de Vat. There is a band called the Vats that does many songs about drinking on an album entitled A Brief History of the Vats. I'm going to read the lyrics here. Esprit de Vat, 
Climbing Alps is hard. The only way to raise elephants' morale is to let them visit Hannibal's pea vat. The pea could talk. It told yarns. Elephants love a good yarn. Extra Alps were crossed. Extra ones. The extra ones I added there because I'm so excited. Elephants would eagerly crouch for hours. The better to hear some pea vat yarns. Seriously. Goes like this. I should have warned you about that. Sorry. <laughs> That's the vats, and sorry for all of you uh, who are deeply moved by that. That is Esprit de Vat from the Vats. This is a an important album by the Vats. One side of the CD, which actually they're all on one side, all the songs. Side one of the CD is Vats in the Second Punic War. Second side is Biblical Vats. We'll have to revisit that very soon. But now let's talk about some gift ideas because suddenly it's Christmas. There's a Christmas tree sitting in the chair, and it's about to join us in just a moment for its thoughts. But in the meantime, some get some gifts. Bacon soda, perhaps? Well, here's the story. JDN Foods has made various bacon items, including bacon-flavored envelopes, which are extremely practical, and they've recently created a bacon, Kevin Bacon sculpture. That's a Kevin Bacon sculpture made of bacon. It's really hard to look at, but it's for charity, so I guess it's okay. So now they've teamed up with Jones Soda to make a bacon soda. The J&D owner says, nailing the flavor was tough. We didn't want pot roast. We didn't want pork tenderloin. We wanted bacon. I think about that a lot when, I want, when I'm looking for a soda. The drink started out tasting more like ham than pork, but eventually we were able to get the crispiness of bacon in there without it being overpowered by porkiness. And haven't we all been overpowered by porkiness? Let's not go there. The marketing manager for Jones Soda said, We spent many rounds and many afternoons getting the flavor right. One would be too smoky, one too sweet, one too much like maple. But the flavor we finally went with is spot on. It's a complex flavor with many levels. Bacon soda. But how about business cards made of meat? Of course you're thinking, well, that's the natural progression from bacon soda, business cards made of meat. This from meatcards.com. These are the original, one and only, laser-etched beef jerky business cards. Why do you need your contact info seared into dried beef with a laser? (laughs) As if you need to ask. Well, should you find that your corporate team-building dog sledding exercise through the snowy wilderness has gone awry, do not eat your teammates. Instead, consume the delightful laser-etched meat cards that you are planning on handing out at that evening's networking soiree. Then you can survive your co-workers until rescue and watch them try to roughly swallow their die-cut, foil-stamped, cotton-bond business cards with handfuls of melted snow. 
Mm. So, meetcards.com. Printing, you should look at these. They're actually quite lovely. Meetcards.com. Business cards printed on beef jerky. Very lovely folk art, I must say. There is also a link for vegetarian business cards that look like beef. They show on the website a cow saying, meat cards are murder, naturally. It also says, warning, paper product. Not for consumption, but if you do eat one, YouTube it and send us the link. So they care about your needs, definitely. So meatcards.com has actual beef jerky with with business card information etched onto it or very, very meat-looking paper that is vegetarian because it's paper. Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, Michigan is about to allow Sunday alcohol sales. We heard what happened to the f- poor fellow there in the coasters who started crawling instead of bawling and then accidentally tripped on the CD player and turned it off. It wasn't me. But uh, what about this guy?
Thank you, Tom Waits. Some mighty nice extra notes in there, too. Thank you. That is, the piano has been drinking, not me. Just some of what you'll see when Michigan allows alcohol sales on Sunday. Coming soon to a state near you. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike, usually. And coming up at 7, Arwolf will help us to face the music. In the meantime, another gift idea, possibly. We've talked about business cards made of beef jerky. We've talked about bacon soda. And you're thinking, well, what else is there possibly? Well, how about chewing gum art? Well, there's this fellow named Ben Wilson from London. And according to this website, curiositas.com, Ben has a specially adapted paint kit, and he sets to work changing the eyesore that is the gum-spattered streets into something much more attractive to the eye. The process is one which took a while to master, but he has it down to a fine art now. So, finds ABC gum on the street and turns it into art. Mm. First, he finds a piece of gum, not too hard in London, it says, which is obviously old and has a little moisture left inside it. Mm. He heats it up with a burner and then lacquers it, which hardens the gum and creates a suitable surface for his acrylic paint. The work is colorful and intricate, and each piece can take a whole day to complete from start to finish. He produces his own work, but gladly takes commissions from people and organizations. Recently, the Royal Society of Chemistry asked him to create 118 paintings made from chewing gum, one for each of the known elements. And they're beautiful, too, actually. Believe it or not, this is great folk art and always been arrested a couple of times, of course. If you're going to be a visionary and create art out of ABC gum on the streets, you're going to be arrested a couple of times. But when the Royal Society of Chemistry appreciates your work, that's a pretty good payoff, pretty good payback there. Now, speaking of gifts, talking about food and gifts, and oh, by the way, yes, he does commission, so you might want to call him. So, speaking of gifts now, looking back to ancient mythology, I went to Answers.com to find the origin of gifts as food and food as gifts and food and culture. Well, you know says here in Answers.com, In ancient mythologies, everything is a gift of the gods' generosity, even the knowledge needed to improve food production. Examples appear cross-culturally. The Sumerian god Enlil makes a hoe and gives it to a man so he can cultivate land. The Chinese are taught how to cultivate land by the divine farmer Shen Nung, who was the first to plow and sow grain, which rained from the sky or was dropped by the purple bird. Now, I'm going to hopefully not offend any gods with my pronunciations here. A Hindu who sincerely worships goddess Devi is rewarded with rice by the household goddess Annapurna. Indian bees make honey because of the divine intervention of the twin brothers Evans. And the Greek goddess Athena creates the olive tree from the depths of Attica's barren earth. The short poem in honor of Ninkasi, the Mesopotamian goddess of strong liquors here we go, relates that it is due to her grace that the dough rises when beer leaven is added to it, and that it is she who inspires bakers to add sesame seed and herbs to bread. Each deity has a liking for a particular food. For example, lettuce is the favorite vegetable of the Egyptian god Set. And the demonic and semi-divine female Dakini acquires strength from raw meat, 
As a child, Krishna goes into peasants' houses and pinches butter from them as he is very fond of it. The Hindu made offerings of boiled rice mixed with sesame seed, milk, ghee, and honey to their mystical ancestors residing in the other world. And before any undertaking, a Greek promised the gods he would make some offering to them in order to gain their support. If someone could not afford to buy a sacrificial animal, he made a cake baked in the shape of an ox or a cow or a sheep. Replacement offerings were made to gods when cities were besieged by enemies or when meat was in short supply. So gifts of the gods, food for the gods, food for gifts, gifts for food, and gods for gifts. A god would make actually quite a wonderful gift for somebody who's a little beset by busy things in their life and needs a little help. So that's another gift idea. I do also want to talk about a couple of things going on in town. First of all, it's 5 to 7. This is WCBN. Pandora's Lunchbox is this. Coming up at 7, it is Face the Music with Arwolf. Arwolf is here getting ready. Did I mention the Christmas tree? Yeah. So tonight, the Elixir of Love begins at the Power Center, a performance of the Elixir of Love. You can find out about that at music.umish.edu. The handsome young peasant, Namorino, is hopelessly in love with Adina, but she barely gives him a glance. In fact, she seems enamored with the head of the local garrison, a rather shallow guy, but there's something about a man in uniform. What's the desperate and lovesick Nimorino to do, asks the current. Well, you're going to have to go to see the Elixir of Love to find out. At the Power Center, November 11th, that's tonight, through the 14th. But it's never too late or early for oatmeal. In fact, there's going to be a production called Five Bowls of Oatmeal, presented by 826 Michigan. Now, 826 Michigan is kind of a front, really. They've got that robot store over on Packard, which is the Liberty Street Robot Supply and Repair, which is actually a front for a creative writing workshop for young people. And these young folks have put together a one-act play festival written and acted by folks who are at the age of 8 through 12. It's called Five Bowls of Oatmeal. Five Bowls of Oatmeal. I got there, didn't I? A rip-roaring, rollicking good time festival of one-act plays written by 826 Michigan's world-renowned guild of 8- to 12-year-old playwrights. That is happening Monday, November 22nd. You can find out more about that at 826michigan.org. Well, I hope you're ready for the big change when Happy Meals are banned and alcohol can be sold on Sundays. I hope that in some small way I've helped you to get ready for that. No? Okay. Well, anyway, this has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a a while now. And we're going to go back to the Clovers right now because after crawling, not balling, he needs a little nip-sip, and that'll get him through, and that'll get us up to 7 o'clock. So thank you for listening. Keep on listening. Don't stop doing that. You're listening, in fact, to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And down to meet my little Bobby Socks Shove a big nigger in the music box Splash for a while in my Bermuda shots And then I'm gonna order us a mellow malt I'm gonna nip sip every day Nip sip every night Nip sip every day the nipping and the sipping the time away I'm a rock 
tender bobber with sugar lips. A honey dripper to my fingertips. Ha! I go for soda and a root beer too. The little light spice. Who should be do? Nip sip every day. Nip sip every night. Nip sip every day. Just a nipping and a sipping the time away. Going to the party, get with a bunch. Got a dollar for my nipping and a dime for my lunch. Gonna dance the mumbo every set. And when I wanna get my whistle wet, nip sip every day, nip sip every night, nip sip every day. Nipping and sipping the time away. Going to the party, get with a bunch. Got a dollar for my nipping and a dime for my lunch. Gonna dance the mumbo every set And when I wanna get my whistle wet I'm gonna nip sip every day Nip sip every night Nip sip every day Just a nipping and a sipping the time away I feel much better now. How about you? It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. 88.3 megahertz. That's the exact measurement. And it's time for Face the Music. We're happy to introduce uh, Gideon Kremer and the Kremerata Baltica, an album they put out a while back on the Electra Nunsuch label called After Mozart. Uh, you remember him? He was from a place named after a, a salt shaker, right? Salzburg. I think so. Anyway, this is the uh, this is the Serenata Noturna, and the nice thing about it is these guys approach it almost as though they were playing jazz. Face the music, Mozart. <laughs> 